Does it sound like it's raining outside? So what do you think about the rain today? Okay, you're happy about it. All right, yeah. There might be a few folks who think, oh, we had planned on being outside or whatever today. But most of us, we know that uh, we need the rain. It's good for our lawns. I don't need to water my garden today. Good for the farmers. Uh, So we have that sense. But I I think for most Americans, they're a little insulated from that. And it's kind of like, whether it rains or not, we just show up at our supermarkets and there's lots of food anytime we're there. Now this year, we've gotten a little nervous about whether the food's always going to be there or not, but still, pretty much seems to be there. For most of the world, it's a bit more critical. And for the people of Isaiah's time, it was very critical. Um, there wasn't an abundance of food, they, and they, they only had certain foods at, at certain times. So imagine being in Isaiah's time and hearing that first reading about come without cost to receive wine and milk and wheat, delight in rich fare. Oh, set. thank you. Heed me, and you shall eat well. You shall delight in rich fare. That would have really made an impression on them. They, they had occasions, I mean, maybe a religious festival or a wedding, when they would put out all the stops and have a, a feast. But it was something pretty rare, something pretty special. And I think for ourselves, too, um, there are probably meals that we look forward to, whether a, a wedding reception or Christmas or Thanksgiving or maybe a favorite restaurant or a favorite meal. That you, when, when we think of that image of delighting and rich fare, we we've probably maybe have particular foods or meals in mind. This message from Isaiah to the people of Israel was part of it was maybe to get them salivating, thinking about food and things, but it was meant to serve then as a metaphor for divinely revealed teachings which the people feast on when they put them into practice. So this, this eagerness to delight in rich fare, it's to be able to see we receive that from the hand of the Lord. That's what we await. And all of Scripture is that rich fare for us, but but sometimes we're given particular passages that I think strike us in a special way. And one of those is Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8. This passage that we heard is our second reading today. It's a very beautiful meditation on Uh, that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. No persecutions or storms or whatever, nothing from outside, nothing from inside, nothing beyond the world, in the world. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And sometimes we can hear that in our head, but it's harder to hear it in our heart, Uh, that not even our own sinfulness, not even our own sense of inadequacy or whatever, Jesus is going to love us anyway. Uh, God loves us unconditionally. And then Paul writes, In all things we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. 
And that's a, a pretty powerful sentence, isn't it? And in all things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. Um, sometimes it might feel like, boy, I don't feel like I'm conquering anything right now. I'm just trying to keep my head above water and just I'm feeling like I'm dealing with things beyond my control. Well, I think it's good to remember, when did Jesus conquer death? Did he come with uh, a whole host of angels and say, I'm getting rid of death forever? It was as he was dying on a cross, dying as a criminal. To the outside world, he looked pretty helpless, and it was a way of suffering. But we know, as followers of Jesus, we know as people of faith, that Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection changed everything. That the victory has been won. And I think sometimes, especially in times like these, it's good to remind ourselves of that. That in all things we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. And in our gospel... We hear how this huge crowd has come to hear Jesus and he reaches out to them. He's curing their sick and time passes and all of a sudden the disciples are saying, hey, it's getting late. You better Jesus dismiss the crowd so they can go get something to eat. This is a deserted place. Does Jesus say, oh, yeah, you're right. Better crowd take off. Good luck. He says something back to the disciples. Give them something to eat yourselves. And they're like, what? Talk about a large crowd showing up for dinner. And they say, all we got are five loaves and two fish. And I love that line of Jesus then. Five loaves and two fish are all we have here. Then Jesus said, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. Bring to me whatever it is you have, no matter how meager you may feel it is, no matter how inadequate. Bring it to the Lord Jesus, and then Jesus takes what we has, he blesses it, he breaks the loaves, gave it to the disciples, who in turn gave it to the crowds, all ate and were satisfied. There's no need to dismiss the crowds and send them away to find food when you have Jesus, the bread of life, in your midst. One of the things with it, it's so good to be able to come back to Mass, and I, this is so much better than preaching to an empty crowd, I have to tell you that. Uh, but one of the things I miss is we would always do our offertory, right? Invite different families or uh, individuals or groups to bring up the gifts of the bread and wine. And different times I've talked to you about how, as the bread and wine are brought forward, to imagine your past week and whatever went on this past week, the joys, the sorrows, the frustrations, um, the accomplishments, and to imagine putting them on that plate of bread and wine. And then imagine this upcoming week and things that you, you know, that are planned to have happened and things that are unexpected that are going to happen. Put that on that plate and then Allow it to be offered at the altar where we can join our offering to the offering that Jesus makes to God the Father, the offering of himself. 
That's a very powerful image, and I think that in itself is a reason to come to Mass. But we're not having that offertory anymore, are we? But do you notice how we're not doing an offertory song? We'll miss it, of course. But it allows us time to hear the prayers that the priest says when the priest offers the bread and the wine. And then you respond, blessed, what do you respond? Blessed be God forever. That's the point in the Mass now that I invite you to take whatever has gone on this past week, join it to the bread and the wine, take whatever is coming this next week, join it to the bread and the wine, to offer it to God the Father, along with Jesus' offering of himself. Heed me, and you shall eat well. You shall delight in rich fare.